the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Micah Koop. Hello and thank you for joining us today. You're listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. And you're joining us for our Church of the Week segment, our Church of the Week Spotlight. Today is with Pastor Daniel Malenkoff of Redeemer Community Church. Pastor Daniel, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate it, Micah. Well, we want to hear all about what's going on at Redeemer Community Church, Pastor Daniel. But before we do that, can you just take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure, thank you. Uh, I grew up here in San Antonio and uh, over in the Universal City area, northeast part of town. And uh, I grew up in a Christian home, so I was presented with the gospel from very early in life by God's grace. And so at age six, uh, I, for the first time, really understood the gospel, and I responded to the gospel and uh, sought God's forgiveness uh, through Jesus Christ. And so, uh, you know, I think we have to be cautious about people who are saved early in life. We have a lot of people in our churches who made some profession of faith at age six and have demonstrated with the rest of our life that they don't care at all about the gospel. Uh, But as I look at my life and talk to my parents, I feel like from that point, from age six, I genuinely desired to honor God in my life. And I genuinely desired to put away sin and to pursue righteousness. And so I I do think I was saved at age six. Uh, I grew up, again, in that Christian home, went to a very small Christian school called Believer's Academy, graduated from Believer's Academy, and then I moved off to Texas A&M University and spent just a short six years there. Uh, after that, I moved to Houston to the spring area and was working with PricewaterhouseCoopers, which is an accounting firm, and then I went to work for one of my clients. And during that time, I was going to a, a great church, Founders Baptist Church in spring, and uh, the pastor, Richard Caldwell, he was preaching through the book of Acts, and I had recently gotten married, and my wife thought she would never marry someone in ministry, and suddenly I started feeling God calling me to preach. We're going through Acts, and you're hearing all these great sermons, great preaching, and I just suddenly started feeling compelled, I need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to sinners. And so that was what started that call in me, and so I talked to my pastor about it, and he was very supportive of me, very encouraging, and uh, we we started looking at seminaries and different options, and so I started going to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, they're based in Fort Worth, but they have a full extension in Houston. It's called the Havard Campus. And uh, so I started taking classes just one at a time after work, and I started volunteering with our church. I led the youth group as the interim youth director for a couple years. Uh, and then the church got to a point that they could bring me on full-time. And so I started working full-time with youth, helping them see the gospel, that God saves sinners through his son, Jesus Christ. That's a short version of the gospel, of course. (laughs) Hopefully have more opportunity to talk about that. But sharing with students how that gospel impacts every aspect of their life. And so 
the church allowed me to take seminary on a little bit more full-time basis. And so, uh, again, in six years, I, I finished seminary, much like college. I, I turned a short degree into six years. <laughs> I understand that, cramming a four-year degree into six years. I, yes. I did the same thing. So Awesome. <laughs> well, Pastor Daniel, um, you, you talked a little bit about your, your background and, and your, your salvation experience, your call to ministry. I think a lot of people are very interested in uh, how pastors came to Christ you know, and, and how uh, that affects their ministry. Having come to, the, to Christ at such an early age, what is your, your perspective then in sharing the gospel and preaching the gospel in your own ministry? Uh, does, does the fact that you were saved at six years old impact that at all? I think that really does have a big impact on how I think about the gospel and how I think about sharing the gospel, how I think about preaching. Uh, as a church, we believe in expository preaching, that is, taking the Bible as it is, verse by verse, passage by passage, looking at what is it that God is teaching us, and then applying that truth into our lives. What are the implications of the truth in my life? And so since I was saved at a young age, I've had a lot of time where I've heard the gospel preached. Uh, I mean, I've heard the gospel preached for the pretty much full 30 five years of my life at this point. I don't remember much from when I was two. (laughs) But as I teach, I really try to help people think through the implications in their own life, and especially how the gospel should have implications in every area of our life. And so, because so many people hear a gospel at a young age and make a profession of faith and then almost never think about the gospel again, I'm trying to help them see the gospel isn't a message you claim one time in your life, and then leave behind. But if the gospel isn't impacting every area of your life today, then you need to really examine, do you really know Jesus for who he claims to be? Living the faith versus just understanding the faith. Absolutely. Well, Pastor Daniel, you you talked a little bit about your background in Houston and, and your call to the ministry. Can you take us maybe through your story a little bit from your call to ministry, you were in the the finance industry, the accounting industry. Then the Lord very clearly started to deal with your heart uh, about preaching and sharing sharing the gospel. Take us on that path. How do you get from youth pastor to, I'm going to start a church? That was a really long journey for me. If you had asked me 10 years ago, would you ever plant a church? I probably would have just said no without any further thought. But a few years into working with the youth group, our pastor, he offered me an opportunity to do a church plant in San Angelo with some dear friends from our church who had moved out there. And the church would have helped support me and support the church plant. And we went out and we met with the people, and we just didn't feel like that particular situation was a good fit. But for the first time, it just put that thought in my mind of, why don't you go and plant a church? Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with going and serving in a traditional church that's been in existence for 50 or 100 years, but I just thought, well, maybe I should think about that. And uh, and so it started, you know, developing in the back of my mind. And then in Houston, there's what's called a Houston Church Planting Network, and it's a network of networks that are doing church planting. And so I started going to their meetings and started hearing church planters talk, and it just really got me excited about how doing a church plant— helps you, forces you to take the gospel to new people. If you're an existing church, you have a certain group of people already in your church that you're serving, and sometimes it's really easy to only focus on those people. Sure. 
Sure. When you're a church plant of 37 people, I think, is the core of our church that we started with. I mean, you're desperately trying to find souls that need the gospel <laughs> because you need to grow just to continue existing. And so I started getting interested in it that way. We went to a Desiring God conference that was devoted in part to church planting. And so those things together just really started building that desire to plant a church. I looked some at planting in the Northeast with an organization up there in the Northeast United States. Uh, But in the end, I'm from San Antonio originally, and I had some friends here in San Antonio who were interested in planting with us. And uh, after a lot of prayer, we felt like God was calling us to, one, to plant, and two, to plant in San Antonio, and uh, just to advance the cause of Christ right here in San Antonio. We're here with Pastor Daniel Mollenkoff of Redeemer Community Church. And Pastor Daniel, shifting gears a little bit here to the heart and mission, core values behind the ministry. When you decided it's time to pioneer a church, the Lord called us to this, we're in San Antonio, you're gathering a core group around the vision. What was that initial vision that you said, if we summarized everything that we're going to be about to one thought or one sentence or one core statement, what was that initial feeling of this is our goal, this is our passion, this is our heart, and why that? I would say the best way to summarize that is that our purpose is to fuel a passion for the supremacy of God in all things, in our lives, in our community, among all peoples. And what I mean by that is we want to fuel a passion. So we want people to be energized in their thoughts, to have delight in the supremacy of God. And by the supremacy of God, I mean the fact that God is the sovereign creator, ruler, sustainer of all things. He's omnipotent. He's holy. He's righteous. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's also a God of justice and a God of wrath, but a God who loves this world so much that he sent his own son to die for sinners. And we want people's minds to look up to that truth for their their emotions to be enraptured by the truth that God is great. So that's why we want to fuel a passion for the supremacy of God in all things. It sounds great to talk about the supremacy of God, but how do we make that practical? Right. Well, it's in every area of life. You know, if I'm a mom, God is supreme in the way that I parent my children. And if I'm a mom who works, I'm, God is supreme in the way I work. And if I'm a dad, God is supreme in the fact that I am called to lead my family in righteousness. And God is supreme in the way I do my job. And God is supreme even in my thoughts if I go hunting or fishing or camping, that God is supreme in all these things. I've got your mission statement in front of me, and you said uh, you said exactly what your statement includes here, this, to fuel the passion for the supremacy of God in our lives in our community. And you, you, had li- you listed some things in bullets at the bottom. You said, we exist to savor this vision in worship, prayer, and thanksgiving, to strengthen the vision in discipleship, teaching, and fellowship, and to spread the vision in evangelism, missions, and loving service. Can you tell us what that looks like to the person that walks through the doors of Redeemer Community Church or the person that calls you or the person that is, you know, maybe looking for a home church and they want to know what does all that stuff mean practically? 
Right. Uh, we hope that when someone walks into our church and they participate in our worship, that what they see is that God is supreme in the way we worship. We, we try to choose songs that are doctrinally rich, that speak not just in general vague terms about God, but are very specific and have depth that you couldn't sing to your girlfriend if you just changed God to the name of your girlfriend. Right, right. And so we want our worship to be rich and deep while also being, you know, contextually normal, part of what people are used to hearing and have good lyrics, you know, lyrically beautifully beautiful, musically beautiful. Uh, so we want people to walk in and experience that sort of worship. And as we pray, that our prayers represent what is true about God and not just our desire for the Spurs to win the game tonight. <laughs> Although we do hope the Spurs win right, the game right. tonight. Uh, and that as we offer thanksgiving, it is true thanksgiving to God because of his majesty and what God has done to save sinners like us. Uh, we strengthen the vision in discipleship. We're really committed as a church to one-on-one discipleship, older Christians meeting with younger Christians, helping them understand God's word and understand how that word uh, applies to every area of our life. Uh, As I teach and preach, my goal is that I'm helping strengthen not just people's knowledge, not just their facts about God. Anyone, a non-believer, demons even, believe the truth about God. The demons at least shudder, Scripture says. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, Christians hear these great truths about God and then go home and do nothing as if it doesn't even matter in their life. Uh, Likewise, fellowship. Uh, The goal of fellowship is not just to have a meal together, although we do have lots of meals together. Uh, The goal is that we're strengthening our passion for God and for his greatness. And then spreading the vision in evangelism, missions, and loving service. Uh, We're committed as a church to doing evangelism, and as we share the gospel, we, we don't want to share a very simple truth that doesn't really explain what the gospel is. We want to give a full picture of the gospel and how the gospel demonstrates the majesty, the supremacy of God. And as we do missions, as we support missions, we want those who are doing missions to be, again, fueling that passion for God that we're helping people who don't know God, maybe have never even heard about Jesus Christ, to become worshipers of Jesus And in loving service, we believe as Christians, we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves, to treat our neighbor even better than we treat ourselves. And so we are looking for ways as a church, as a community, to serve the community around us. And by doing that, when we have opportunities to talk to people, that we don't just say, well, we're serving because we should. No, we're serving because we find joy in serving because we have a God who is a giving God. We have a God who is a serving God, and so we want to exalt him even in how we serve others. Well, Pastor Daniel, very good stuff that you're mentioning there. I had the opportunity to go to RedeemerCommunityChurch.org and listen to a few sermons, and I read a lot of the different material that's written there, and even in hearing you talk now— I've heard something that you've mentioned several times in in different contexts, but you you keep saying the full gospel of Christ. Uh, What specifically do you mean when you say that full gospel that that people need to grasp? What I mean is that sometimes the gospel is shared with something as simple as a statement, which is true, God saves. 
or God saves sinners, or God saves sinners through Jesus. And those statements are all true, and they, on one level, are all the gospel. But on another level, many unbelievers would acknowledge those things to be true on a general basis, while not really believing them. And so when I say the full gospel, the first thing that I think about in sharing the gospel is that people need to understand who God is. And God is the sovereign creator of this universe. And he is a holy God. That means he hates sin. He hates anything which is unrighteous. He's perfectly righteous. And he's a righteous judge. And so this holy, omnipotent, perfect, righteous God has created the world for his own glory. We're created for the glory of God. That's the purpose why God created us, for his own glory. So God made man, and Adam was the first man, Eve was his wife, and together they rejected God. They, they said, God, you, you've said, don't eat of this fruit. We choose to eat of this fruit. And in that, they rejected God's command, and they represented all of mankind when they do, did that. Uh, Adam was the first man. Uh, they, they were all of mm-hmm. mankind at that sure. point. And so all of us have, in Adam, become sinners. We're all born as sinners, and we're all willfully rejectors, haters of God. We all choose to hate God. We all choose to reject God. That's not something that's forced on us. It's just by our nature, we say no to God, and we say no to the gospel. And so God is holy and righteous. We are sinful, and because God is a righteous judge, we deserve his punishment. Because God is righteous, he can't just overlook sin. He would no longer be God if sin was not dealt with. And scripture says we're slaves to sin. We're dead to sin. And so of our own, we were completely incapable of coming to God. God demands righteousness. We were incapable of fulfilling that command. But that's where the gospel comes in. And that's this. God gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to be a ransom for us. Jesus Christ came to earth. He's the son of God, born of a virgin named Mary. He came to earth and he lived a perfect life. He perfectly fulfilled God's law. Every aspect of it, Jesus fulfilled perfectly. And so when he died on the cross, he died as a ransom. He died to pay the price for sin that I deserve to pay, that you deserve to pay, that everybody deserved to pay. He died to pay that price. And because of his work, God offers us forgiveness, not because we deserve it, because we don't deserve it. God offers us forgiveness because of the work of his own son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And then when he rose from the dead, he demonstrated his power over death. And so we worship a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. He's our ransom. He is our redeemer. And so God looks at us and sees not the sin that we deserve to be judged on, but instead he sees Jesus Christ's righteousness. God looks at us and sees the righteousness of Christ. God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, he was perfect, to be sin on our behalf in order that we might be the righteousness of God, that we could have God's righteousness. And so that's the gospel, that if we will repent of our sin or turn away from our sin and turn to Christ, believe in Jesus Christ, we will be saved. And so as Jesus came, he preached 
for people to repent. John the Baptist preached for people to repent. Peter and Paul preached for Peter. Peter and Paul preached for people to repent. That is, again, turning from their sin. They also preached, believe in the Lord Jesus. Believe in Jesus for everything that he is. Son of God, Son of Man, perfect, righteous, fully God, fully man. That is who Jesus is, and that is who we are to worship. He's the one who is our Savior. And so sometimes the gospel falls so far short of that as people share it that people are believing in a Jesus that they don't even know who he is. They don't know that he is the Jesus who claims to be Lord and King over their life and that he demands their allegiance, that God demands that we repent and believe in Jesus. And so when I say the full gospel, I'm saying understanding God, understanding the depth of our sin, but then understanding the vast majesty of God's grace, that even though we're sinners, he pours out his mercy, grace, kindness, love on us and forgives us because of Jesus Christ, our Savior. I can tell that, Pastor Daniel, that that's very, very, you're passionate about the gospel. You're passionate about uh, getting the story right of Jesus Christ. And I think that more believers need to hear what you just said, that it's not just about the Santa Claus Jesus, you know, but there is a price to pay. There, it costs something to follow Jesus, and I don't think we always communicate that, and it's important that we know that. Absolutely. Pastor Daniel, if someone listening today, they decide, you know, I want to visit Redeemer Community Church. I want to see what it's all about. Can you tell them what's unique about the church? Second Timothy three sixteen and 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We're a church that is committed to teaching the word of God and living that out in a way that reaches unbelievers with the gospel. We really believe that the Bible is sufficient to prepare us for every aspect of godly living. And so because of that, we use God's word to teach, to disciple, uh, to preach, uh, to do counseling. And in all of those things, we point people back to God's word itself. Uh, A commitment to God's word is why we're committed to expository preaching. A commitment to God's word is why we're committed to discipleship. Because discipleship, again, is taking the things that Jesus taught us in the Bible and helping another Christian understand it and live it out and to live for Christ. You know, we're not not trying to help people be better people. We're trying to help people be more like Jesus Christ. Uh, A commitment to God's word is why we're committed to counseling. Uh, We offer free counseling in our church. And so anyone who needs counseling Uh, We're happy to meet with them and to share with them how God's word itself, God's truth, and most specifically God's truth revealed in the gospel can help them overcome the challenges of life. Uh, Going back to our conversation about the gospel a minute ago, you know, a long time ago and maybe even still today, one thing that was popular was the four spiritual laws. And one of those was God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that actually is a true statement. The only problem is it's God's wonderful plan for your life is wonderful in the grand scheme of 
God's eternal plan for creation. But sin is also part of God's eternal plan in a way that we can't entirely understand. And so a lot of people are dealing with great pain in their life. Uh, An adulterous spouse, anger, hatred, uh, idolatry of various kinds. And many times people need someone to come alongside them and to help them. And we believe, we're convinced, one, by God's word, but true by our own experience that we've seen, that God's word, the gospel, is what people need to change. And so as a church, we're committed to taking the gospel and all of scripture and helping apply that into people's lives. We've got old people in our church. We have young people in our church. We have old Christians in our church, new Christians, mature Christians, immature Christians. And all of us together are just working as broken people to just see how the gospel can help us and see how the gospel will help us to love God more, serve him more faithfully, worship him in spirit and in truth. Pastor Daniel, if someone wants to visit Redeemer Community Church, when can they visit? Can you tell them when you have services, different times that they can come and uh, be a part of the the worship time? Our main worship service is at 10 a.m. every Sunday. Right now we're meeting at the Omni Hotel, and uh, we plan to meet there uh, as far as we know indefinitely. we start fellowshipping at 9.30. We kind of gather and just spend time talking. So people are totally welcome to come as early as 9.30 and spend time with us. Or they can show up right at 10 if they want. I guess they could show up at 10.15 if they want to skip part of the songs. <laughs> uh, but that, that's the best time to, to have a formal meeting. We also do a lot of community group events, and uh, we're working on different evangelism, outreach, and service opportunities. Uh, for any of those, probably the easiest way to participate would be to go to our website. Uh, But generally, we'd rather people come meet us first before they try and participate in a service project with us. Uh, Our website is redeemercommunitychurch.org, www.redeemercommunitychurch.org. Well, as Pastor Daniel mentioned, you can visit Redeemer Community Church on Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Omni Hotel at the Colonnade, which is at 9821 Colonnade Boulevard, just off I-10, or visit their website at RedeemerCommunityChurch.org. Pastor Daniel, thank you so much for being with us today, and uh, pray that God continues to bless the work that you're doing in Redeemer Community Church. Thank you, Micah. It's been a blessing to be here. I am Micah Coop. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM 630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.